It's like if you, if you worked in a, in a builder's yard and your rival's got a JCB and you're using a spade, well, it's not your fault, is it, what you went to do? So hello and welcome to another Late Night Red Podcast with myself, Dyson. We also have again Tom, Jan and John. How are we doing, boys? We're all right? Yeah, yeah good, good, mate. Yeah, good. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Just want to quickly just say, you might hear a boiler. And the reason why is because I'm sat under the stairs. I can't <laughs> <expect>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. So I'm with paint cans under the stairs. This is what I'm doing for this podcast. Well, we've got got the little one in bed and Joanne's watching City. So, yeah. So I know my place now. So I'm under the stairs. Oh, yeah. And you're waiting for your letter from Hogwarts. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Well, you know what I mean? It's all good. Hopefully it will come soon. But yeah, so just a quick brief on everything what we are just going to be discussing today on the podcast. We're going through um, United's 3 0 win versus Luton in the Carabao Cup. Um, the online debate that is Ollie out. Um, we'll also be previewing Saturday's game against Brighton and also predicting our starting 11 as well. Okay, so I'll first start off with the Luton, the Luton game at midweek. It was a 3-0. I think the scoreline looked a lot better than actually what we witnessed for 79 minutes to some degree. Yeah, I'd say so. Like you said, I think a decent result overall, but the scoreline were definitely uh, flattering. To be honest, I didn't realise that Luton were in the Championship. I thought they'd be the bloody League One or something. <laughs> no, to be fair, I actually agree with that. I, I didn't even... I, I forgot on myself. And then when I saw Ryan Tunningcliffe, I thought, no way he's in League One. But then I saw... Obviously, with them being in a um, championship, they had a they had a couple of good results or something, didn't they? They kept talking about it. I think they'd beaten Norwich, they'd beaten Barnes, and they'd beaten somebody else who was relatively decent. I think it was Reading, um, so they're in decent form. But key thing for me is I think it just solidified the fact that we just desperately need reinforcements. I think the likes of Lingard and Matter clearly found the level, didn't they? I know we were having a laugh about it in group chat, and then. Uh, Igalo's obviously still searching for his level because he was still <laughs> dreadful, wasn't he? <laughs> Absolutely awful. It was, it was awful. I think you hit it on the nail on the head even with one of the tweets and also what you said in the last podcast, but it's just like your dad playing six aside with a, with his teenage son. Honestly, mate, he's absolutely <laughs> terrible. But I think overall, like I said, job done, though, isn't it? On to the next one. Just not excited about playing Brighton twice. Yeah, so, um, Jan, uh, Tom picked up there about, obviously... The lack of actual depth that we have of quality, you know, so they had to bring on um, Rashford and Greenwood. What are your thoughts on that as well? Yeah, I, I thought we'd play a bit of a stronger team than we did just because I thought Ollie was saying that, you know, people have not had minutes in that. And I thought it's more important to get people like Rashford in that minutes than people like Agarlo and that. But I don't know. I, I can see why he did it. But again, we were saying, why is he bringing the subs on so late? If it weren't for Dean Henderson, it'd been 1 1, wouldn't it? And we've been, we've been panicking last 10 minutes. As usual. <laughs> Obviously, but I don't, I don't. The viewers don't know yet how much uh, you're in love with Dean Anderson, but I'm pretty he sure I'll still pick up on that. Give him that number one shirt. <laughs> so, um, when you saw the um, team sheet, John, was you a bit surprised with actually what he put out there, the eleven? Or was you actually was that what you were expecting? Uh, it's all the same as Janet. Really. I thought he'd put a a fully a full step team out to get a minutes for the Brighton game on Saturday, but. I can understand why he's giving guard, but it's maybe wants to get his confidence up. Obviously, like Tom said, with a gal or maybe getting scoring a few goals if we're not going to sign anybody else. But they did the job. Like Tom said, they found the level. That's all we get bringing top quality players in now. Exactly. I think I think when you look at it as well, for seventy nine minutes we was I think with Lingard, Van der Beek and also with Matt on the pitch, you all start to sort play the same you know position. So, I think them on the whip, I think it was there to be exposed, but we just never did it. And then, obviously, when the likes of Greenwood come on, his goal, his third goal as well, took it on the wing, cut inside of his left boom. Do you know what I mean? We, we didn't do that enough under Matter or with Lingard. I think they were just um, occupying each other's space anyway. That's what I thought on that. I agree with that, mate. Yeah. I think I said at the time, didn't I? Particularly like Donny van der Beek and Matter, they were playing in the same spaces, weren't they, all the time? So they were just getting up each other's way, really. Exactly. Um, I And also with the, the actual lineup as well, I actually like that he played Maguire. I think Maguire is 
one of these people that need game time and I think he's reliable to play as he proved last year to play 57 games I think it was so he's one of them where if he's fit he plays every game and it doesn't matter what what level it is I think he, he needs minutes to keep at a good standard so I enjoyed I think, that sorry, sorry Dyson I think That's it was more telling that he played uh, Eric Bailly yeah. rather than Mengi or Lindelof because obviously a lot of people thought he'd play Lindelof to maybe get him a game under his belt obviously like everybody else get minutes make sure he's playing well and obviously after what happened on Saturday with Palace it's probably the best thing he could have done is not playing get him out of the firing line for a little bit let everybody else have it but we moved Exactly I think it showed when Bayer come in as well like uh, he might have been a lesser of opponent in Luton but even though Eric Bayer's made a glass in, in my opinion I think he's a better defender than Lindelof um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure when we do our predicted 11 later, I'm pretty sure um, we might have the same team or we're depending on what we're going for. But I think Bayer did enough for me anyway, you know, to cement his position, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. Yeah. He makes Maguire yeah. look better as well because he's, he's got that pace. Everyone knows that Maguire's not quick. He needs someone quick with him and he's, he's the quickest we've got. So it makes sense. Yeah, so moving on from the actual game, so with the Carabao Cup itself, I think it's something that Oli actually needs to win. And this is where maybe the Oli out type of um, hashtag that we've been getting online on Twitter, um, obviously the frenzy after the game of Crystal Palace, we thought obviously with the defeat of 3 1. What's your thought on that, Tom, with the Oli out? I think it's a bit of a joke, personally, but. Uh, to be fair, I understand why it's there. I think there's there's an undercurrent of frustration amongst all the fans at the minute, and uh, it's a bit of a toxic atmosphere, isn't it? Really, and after we lost to Crystal Palace, um, I think Ollie ended up getting a lot of the backlash um, for that one, and um, he just needs to be careful now that he doesn't become the next scapegoat um, and end up losing his job. I think last season, although we finished third, we weren't great for large parts of this campaign, were we? And in the end, I think we ended up finishing on like 66 points, which was equal to the year before where we finished sixth. So we were probably really actually, in the end, really fortunate that everybody else had a shocker as well. Um, because people, teams like um, Chelsea and Leicester, they just imploded, didn't they, at the back end of the season? Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, I think it's out of order to be tweeting Ollie out and stuff. I quite like Ollie. Um, and I just hope that as a club, we break this cycle of keep sacking managers um, because I don't think it helps. Um, I think over the last couple of years, we've, we've still got players from the David Moyes era, the Van Gaal era, the Jose era, and you just need to give a manager a couple of years to build his proper squad out um, and have players that align to his style of play, really. But I just think Holly just needs to be very, very careful now, though, because as the pressure starts building... Uh, if we get bad results, I won't be counting, will they, anyway? So, yeah, you just be careful. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. I think with fans, they can only take so much, especially with the quality that's on the pitch half of the time. Um, I think under Mourinho, it does a quality there on the pitch, but I think with this Ole Gunnar Solskjaer team, in my opinion anyway, I think there's a lot more quality on there. So, obviously, when you're saying about the quality that's on the pitch, John, um, obviously, with people saying Ollie out, is it give him a bit more time or what about your opinion on it? Uh, personally, I think that the, the people that put this Ollie out, obviously, they're angry at other people. They're angry at the board. They're angry at, obviously, a particular result that's happened, obviously, the Palace loss. So, the only person that they know that they can influence to get rid of is the manager because the players are not going to go anywhere. The owners and the chairman and the directors are not going to go anywhere. The only person that can go anywhere really is the manager. So, exactly. If you, yeah. If you just direct it him, even though you're angry with other people, he's the only person that you can influence. Yeah. Obviously, the directors on all the management, they see all the Twitter and the social media. The players see it all and they think it's not their fault. They say, oh, you all hate Ollie. Well, we don't. We all hate you. We just can't. We can't influence you. We can influence him. That's my opinion on it, anyway, mate. Yeah, no. yeah. I think um, I think you're right, John. I think realistically, 
the the last game, the Crystal Palace game, I I think Ollie's got to take some of the blame for that to be honest with you, because that was the last time round. I think he's he needs to he's too rigid in his systems. We can't just play four two three one every week. Um, we always struggle against teams who play four four two and they sit and camp on the edge of the box. We know that we can't break them down. He needs to be a bit more creative. And I think ultimately, from a tactical perspective, he got outdone by Roy Hodgson, which, like I said last time, is just not acceptable as Manchester United manager <clears throat> getting outplayed by the likes of Palace and stuff. So I think he's got to take some of the slack, some of the criticism, sorry, for the Palace result. What he just needs to make sure now is that he picks up the three points at Brighton because if he doesn't, we're suddenly in a position where we're eight or nine points behind the rest of the pack and we're only on bloody game week three. So, yeah, he needs to yeah. uh, pull his finger out and make sure he gets the right selection against Brighton. Yeah, he? no, you're right. And and Jan as well. Um, obviously, we saw all, last, all through last season where we were very critical of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with, with games that he, you know, he did, especially at Burnley at home. You had Bournemouth away, I think, in November last year. Certain games like that where we could actually turn around and say he didn't really have the quality on the pitch, but... Is that is that still an excuse now, or or is it is it has it gone past that now, Jan? Yeah, I, I think it is still an excuse now. I mean, you don't want to say excuses, but it is like it's like if you if you worked in a in a builder's yard and your rival's got a JCB and you're using a spade, well, it's not your fault, is it? What you went to do? They're obviously gonna, you're obviously going to get beaten by the JCB, aren't you? So similar to, all the other teams are improving the squads and that. We we've got what Van der Beek, yeah, great signing, but I don't even think he was hundred percent. You know, it's not the main position we needed to, you know, buy someone for. I felt like we needed definitely a right winger over anything. Even if we had just got a right winger this season, I think that would have been okay. But we've got a few weeks left, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's not, I, I used to be all out, but then you, I realised that it's not, it's not all his. You know, there's, there's bigger people that are contributing to the downfall, and it's not. You know, the, we've not been buying the right players for years, and we look like we're starting to do that now, but. There was so much positivity when we came third and beat Western last season, and then we thought, right, we'll, we'll do it now. He's, you know, he's allowed to buy the players, Maguire, Wan-Bissaka, and all them. Bruno, they're the right players. And we thought, right, we'll get three more in this window, and then we'll we'll, we'll we'll go again. But we're just we're here in the same position as we were all the time, where we're begging, we're begging for players last minute, and we'll end up paying over the odds anyway. So we would have just we should have just bought them when we were going to pay over the odds. Two, three months ago, anyway, so it's just the same situation. But there's big, yeah. there's bigger, there's more like the Glazer, like, you know, everyone knows. Like, that's the bigger issue here. Like, yeah, Ollie's not perfect, but bring Pep, Pep, Klopp, anyone, they wouldn't do anything with the squad that Ollie had last season. They wouldn't have done any better than that. So I don't really blame him at the minute. No, I, I think you're correct there. I think with Manchester United, it's always that high expectation of, of making sure that we actually challenge and the fact that we've not challenged for seven years now is getting on well it's getting on my nerves I'm pretty sure it's getting on most people's nerves the fact that we have spent over a billion on the squad I'm not saying that is correct the way that we spent it but the fact that we've invested quite a lot of money I think being a big club I think it should have been done correctly at the top and then it and then it, you know slowly goes down the line and then it, it ends with basically the players but Above that is Ollie at this moment in time. Um, I think, yeah. But I think I think that comes back to that bit I was saying before, though, Dyson. Well, we might have spent a billion pound, but we've had three different exactly. managers. So, a, a, a David Moyes player. So, we, who, was he, who did he bring in? He brought in one matter. He brought in Fellaini, right? Yep. You then got Van Hal player, who probably likes a more technical player, doesn't he? Because he wanted to play possession-based football. He brought in a different style of player. You like to see daily blinds and stuff. And then um, you've then got Mourinho, who again, he likes a specialist player, a bit more limited, etc., but quite physical. And then you've got Oli, who's setting his team up ready for a counter-attack. So they're all like different play, different styles of players. So you know, the problem you've got is when you get a new manager in, they obviously want to put the stamp on it. Um, and they then bring in a different type of player, which the next manager yeah. doesn't want. Exactly. But I think this is where the importance of a director yeah. of football comes in because actually, if you're a director of football, you have one Manchester United style of play. Same with Barcelona. You don't go into Barcelona and start playing fucking five at the back, counter-attacking, uh, counter-attacking football, dead defensive like Diego Simeone. Exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't allow it. And that needs to be the same way at United. That way, you don't waste all this money because 
realistically, think about it, David Morris probably wasn't the right appointment. Mourinho wasn't the right appointment because he doesn't align to the United style of play and everything that people like Matt Busby and Fergie have, uh, have worked hard to, to build up and build that brand. And then even Van Al, Van Al came in and he played a different style of football. He was trying to turn us into bloody Ajax, wasn't he? So yeah. it's, um, it's, dif- it's, dif- it's difficult, isn't it? So I understand where all the money's gone. But this is why I also think it's important to break that cycle now so that let's not just keep sacking managers. Let's give him a couple more years. Let's back him, make sure he gets the investment he needs and let him build his squad that aligns to the right principles and the right style of play, etc. But again, at the same time, get yourself a director of football in there who can work with Ollie to shape it. And then if Ollie still doesn't deliver the results in the end and he's he needs to move on and we need to get somebody else in. At least you've got that director of football who can keep that level of consistency. Yeah. So I think it's really important. I think I think you're right there. I think with Manchester United we should identify a manager that suits us as a as a club, not identify a manager because of the name or just because like Mourinho, I think we just we, we took him because it's Mourinho. We we got a bit desperate because Pep went to City. Um, and obviously I'll, I'll admit at the time we all heard that we were getting Mourinho but it was all yes, yes, yes obviously loving loving that side of it he won us two trophies but now look, you've got to look at the, the deadwood that he left behind and the ageing squad at least we can look at let's say if it doesn't work out for Ollie, at least his actual route or his route forward was to get young talent in young fresh faces where let's say if we do bring someone in with the same sort of mentality of attacking football with young players it's there for them and they can still build on it and I think that's where you're right with the director of football I think with the way that what we're talking about what what you and Tom are talking about and what Janet touched on is that all those other managers their best interest was them right there and then whereas Oli he'll do it for Man United that sort yeah. of person he was Man United so he's doing the best he's probably buying people or the young players for probably the next manager that's the sort of person he is he wants the right mentality he wants the right personality he can he I said in interviews I buy people based on what the peers are telling me so if Sancho is to come to United Rashford Lingard Henderson will have told him about him you know what I mean things like that yeah, yeah. so He'll do it based on Man United, whereas the other managers did it based on themselves there and then, which is not wrong. But Ollie does it for the basis of I need, I want Man United to succeed for years rather than just win a win a trophy now and then. That's it. Yeah, I think that's because he's a fan. That was. Yeah, well, I know we uh, an, an example of it being on the other way around is probably what Conte is doing at um, Inter Milan, isn't he? Because he's just buying a load of aging players who are probably good for one or two seasons I think they've just signed that Vidal yeah um, Asher Young and stuff like that but now uh, did he even sign Victor Moses yeah, so, yeah he's just I, I know you're going to laugh at, I know you laugh at Victor Moses but he's, when Conte won it with Chelsea the Premier League Victor Moses was his right wing back yeah I know exactly so, he buy, so he's buying plays for now to win a to win another Italian league with another team which obviously sets him up perfectly because then he's the he can say, well, I've won two league titles or two, you know what I mean? Two different yeah. teams. But he also buys players to fit his system. No one else is. He's not buying players just because they're there. He's buying people that he knows he can trust in a system which he only employs. Which I get. Yeah, which I, I get. that's the bit though, isn't it? Where, but but that, that's Conte acting in his own interest rather than in Milan's interest. Because when Conte inevitably moves on, because he will do, Inter Milan are going to be left with a OAP squad, aren't they? Yeah. So it's all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I prefer it the other way around, like like what Ollie's doing because he's building a team for United, not for him. And I think that's primarily down to him being an actual fan of the club as well. So. Yeah, Jan, it's an interesting point to be honest, Jan. So obviously you was a bit of Ollie out. Yeah, definitely. I think. Well, I wouldn't say you was fully on Ollie out. I think it was the frustration that was kicking in with you. I, I we do remember. Um, but do you agree with what what we're discussing? Yeah, no, or I completely turned me like it's. I, I was hoping that he'd prove me wrong, but he has. So I don't. I don't. With what he did with the squad last season, like the end of last season as well. I know we only got really. It was only Bruno and Pogba coming back, but it is Bruno and Pogba, isn't it? So I mean, yeah. he's got he's got 
Greenwood playing well, and even if it's from the wing and that, and Martial playing better and that. So you, you can't you can't really say anything about him last season. Yeah, we've had one bad result, and everyone's like, "Oh, out again now." You forget like what he's done so far. So, yeah. but yeah, like, and, he needs the he needs the tools to compete with everybody else. It's not it's not fair, is it? Like to judge him if he's not got the same or similar tools that every other managers have got. I I agree with that. I think also I think Arsenal played something very very smart. I think just after the first game or just before the first game of the season, they announced that Bamyang is um, you know signed a new three-year contract. Yeah. Do you think with Manchester United, if we obviously we've not got a lot of signings that we've wanted, we obviously as a, as a as a fan base, we're, we're absolutely disgusted with what's going on in transfer window, but. If we announce that Pogba signed a new four-year deal, do you think that would actually have the same effect as what Aubameyang's had on Arsenal? Not if he's played like he played against Crystal Palace, <laughs> mate. <laughs> yeah, but you never, yeah, but inevitably, I think knowing that a, a top-class player is staying, it, it doesn't matter what people's opinions of him are. Obviously, when you can say he's inconsistent, he's this, he's that, Pogba, but he is a world-class talent, and the fact is, he's a big head in the dressing room. If you as a player know that Pogba's committed his future with Manchester United, you as players, do you sit there and you think, you know what, this is this is something that's really good, obviously. Yeah, the signings aren't coming in, we'll trust the process and we'll go ahead. But what we're seeing now is even Luke Shaw coming out and discussing transfers, which we might look at it as a good thing. But I think, inevitably, I think it's going to go against us because if it doesn't come in, you've got there, we know it's an unhappy camp. Yeah, uh, one, you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree with. It. Yeah, I don't think that it's the play we, like this Sancho thing. Apparently, we've agreed the, the contract with this. So it's not that he doesn't want to come. It's the pay the money for the guy. You know what I mean? It's, it's that it's that part that's the problem. That's not only the players or players coming in. They all they want to come, but otherwise they won't probably doing the the, the 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 contract, would they? But it's, just pay the money, man. Come on. Yeah, I think yeah, I I think it's one of those. I think last last season I always said that. I think Janet said a second ago that one of the reasons why we had the uptick in form at the on the second half of the season after COVID was that we had Bruno and Pogba and stuff. I think we forget like for large parts of the season, Pogba was out, Rashford was out, Martial was out. And I think um there were loads of times, weren't there, where if you think about that lineup that we, we used to play, we used to play McTominay, Fred, Pereira, Mata, Lingard, and then occasionally we'd we'd play uh, Rashford up front or Martial depending on which one was fit because it was like a, a period where one was fit and one wasn't wasn't it so even just that I think that's where we need the reinforcements now I think in midfield we've got loads of depth it's it's uh, in the attacking positions where we've just got none at all yeah. and uh, if you look to your bench and you, you, your options are Lingard, Mata Dan James, Igarlo no one really leaves his sub so bloody late because I don't want to bring any of them on. Yeah, exactly. But I think, I think some people's opinions on it is one body's better than nobody if if um, if somebody's actually obviously got tired legs. But I, I understand, obviously, if the quality's not there and you're pushing for a goal or you don't want to bring on someone who's going to jeopardise that. Yeah, would you rather have a Greenwood, Rashford and Martial who were at 60% or... Uh, Lingard, Andreas, Mata, who were under. Exactly. I know what I'd rather. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, it's correct. It's correct. So, I think with the Oli outs thing, I think we're all in agreement that we are Oli in. It's just obviously the certain fan base. I think with us going to the games as well, I'm not saying every person going to the games is is Oli Oli in, but I think the fact is we can we see what's in front of us and we understand it a bit more. Um, then obviously when when we're watching it on TV, I think obviously you can you can look at the on the pitch, and you can see different movements of players. So you can actually see maybe a player themselves maybe not running as what the way they should be or not creating spaces they should be. Like Pereira, for example, he used to get the ball and it was, it was awful. One he used to try and pick it up from deep and spring it thirty yards. It never worked. He got it. Tried doing one two passing. He just didn't work. He never picked up spaces, which an attacking midfielder should do. So you could see that, obviously, live, couldn't you? So stuff like that, you, you sort of sympathise with Oli. But he did. But and again, he was happy with his squad at the beginning of last year. He's getting the best out of certain players as well, isn't he? So if you look at Martial, he's a fine example of what you were talking about. Under Mourinho, Van Allen stuff, Martial be dawdling around the pitch. Yeah. Looking miserable. He's sprinting all over the shot yeah. now. So... 
Yeah, I think that's a good example. And even like Greenwood, he's a. Um... He said at the start of last season that he's one of the players who he wants to develop and he wants to bring through and fair play to him. He's done it, and he's a, yeah. probably one of the best talents in the world yeah, now. Exactly, he definitely is. So I think I think with all this now, the we need all he needs a trophy. I, I think this year, I think without without a doubt, he needs a trophy. Yeah, with the squad that we've got, it's young, it's up and coming. I think the Carabao Cup yeah, is a perfect trophy to win. Um. So I, I really do think Oli needs a trophy this year. I don't know if you guys are in agreement, but for me, Oli needs a trophy. To, to be honest with you, I'd, I'd just take Champions League, mate. Another champion, another what, just top four? No, no, win the Champions <laughs> League. I'd, I'd just take that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I would what, spoon it, what, finish eighth and then win the Champions League. You'd be, you'd be yeah, all right. So... 40 managers out on the 24th, Tom, you'd be all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, SI games, yeah. SI games, we are available for sponsorship. Please see the email <laughs> in the link. Uh, on about obviously talking about games. Anyway, we'll move on to and um, obviously the preview for Brighton. So I've obviously looking into it. Our last five results in the Premier League against Brighton, we've won three and we've lost two. And in the Premier League at the Amex, we've actually had two defeats and one win. So, obviously, it's not one one of the best grounds that we've gone to, but it's also something where under Oli, we've actually won there. Obviously, last year was the 3-0 with Bruno and Greenwood getting on the score sheet. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Saturday, Tom? Bloody hell, Statman Dave. Where have you pulled all that? You know, Google, mate. You've been doing some research. Google, mate. You know what I mean? Jesus. Impressive, thank, mate. Impressive. Thank you. No, so, I think... Um, we should win comfortably against Brighton. Um, Brighton aren't the type of team, from my perspective, who we struggle against really, are they? So, although I think although I think they probably should do, they don't really sit back. That Potter likes to play a bit of football, doesn't he? So they knock it about, they press high up the pitch and stuff. And I think ultimately we'll just have too much quality, in my opinion. We'll end up picking them off, and then we'll just hit them on the counter and get a couple. So yeah, I think we'll be uh, we'll be okay. I think if we don't know. Um, You'll start to see the uh, the toxic atmosphere arising again. I think, like I said before, fans are frustrated about the Glazers. I don't think there's any United fan who likes the Glazers. Um, everybody hates them. Yeah, they don't like Woodward. Matt Judge is getting it now as well um, because people are getting frustrated with the lack of transfer activity. The players got slaughtered at the weekend um, for the performance against Crystal Palace. It weren't good enough. So I think, like I said before, if we end up in a position where we're eight or nine points behind the rest of the pack and we lose to Brighton, then I think there will start to be more question marks over Ollie and you'll start to see more people, more of these fans on social media flip-flopping over to the Ollie out space and you'll get a bit of momentum in the media and stuff and you know how it all goes. We've seen it with Moyes, we've seen it with Van Gaal, we've seen it with Mourinho. The players' heads drop and they stop her running, you lose the dressing room. So, yeah, I know it's a bit dramatic saying that it, we definitely need to get the three points or we could be in trouble but I genuinely think if we don't because of everything that's happening off the pitch I think a lot of fans will turn yeah. I won't but I think there will be a yeah, lot Yeah no I, um, I'm in agreement in the way of you know what, what our fan base is like I think with there's so many fans of us I think when they do speak up on Twitter it's it's never usually in a good light but obviously, we we need to look to try and cut open the Brighton. Obviously, the short passing what they do to play it from the back, and they do have five at the back as well, John. Um, how would you actually go in to try and get in through that five at the back? Uh, high press, got to press them high, make make them make them kick the ball long, constant pressure, just like we did when obviously at, on the restart of the Premier League, obviously the, uh, last season, we won the ball high, shots on goal, and. It'll just it'll break up now. If we score really against them, that'll be it. It'll be game over. I don't know what, yeah, I don't that's know it. Get an early goal. I don't know what Janet thinks, but it'll just if you constant, you constantly pressure, make them make the mistake. If you allow them to build up and get the confidence up, it just it'll just it'll just flow into them. It'll just be them dictating the game, just like Crystal Palace did. Let them get a goal up, or they'll just knock the ball around straight from the off. Just run at them, make them make the mistake, score early, and then we we dictate the pace then. We've got we've got good enough players to pass the ball around, keep the ball. Yeah. If we're chasing the game and we're desperate for a goal, it, it starts creeping in stuff that 
fear starts creeping in that we're not going to win and then we just lose our heads. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Also as well, Jan, um, they've got a real danger man in Lamptey as well. He plays wing-back. Um, obviously, we've seen on Saturday against Crystal Palace how much pace at our defence when the goals they really cause trouble. So, what do you think about Lamptey? Do you think um, we attack him or do you think we, we're more cautious about him? What would you say about their danger man? Yeah, I think we attack him. He plays, he plays for Brighton. They've just got to attack them. It's just, it's just how it is, isn't it? We don't... When Oli first came, he wasn't worried about what other teams had and that, and then he started to get a bit worried, and then that's when we started changing the formation, worrying about, oh, do we need to put someone on him, stop him from doing this, that, that. Just got, he's up against Rashford, so there you go. He just, just, Rashford just kept running at him. As soon as he gets a card, he won't be able to play the same way. I'm sure he got injured, in the, he went off injured in the last game and that and stuff, so he, I don't know. It, you know, he's a quick player, so he, he gets away with a lot of stuff, doesn't he? But, you know, if you've got Rashford in it, he's... It can be anyone, can't you? So, uh, yeah, just go. We attack them. That's what we've got to do. Not yeah. Just, not just worrying about the other team's players and that. you just got you just got to go go for it, really. I mean, important if we've got to play Matic in the midfield to control it because it, it was all over the place the other day with McTominay. Um, yeah. That, that's that's the key thing for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And also, lads, as well, I think something else which uh, Brighton do, and I think they, they showed it, Crystal Palace showed it, I think playing the two up front and they play that Connolly and um, is it Mupai, 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 whatever it is. They play them two up front, don't they? So um, there you go. So you got both centre backs that are being exposed. You know, if if we do let them get through um, the, the midfield or even on the wing as well. So I, and we have did struggle against Crystal Palace. And we have come up against struggling against teams where they have played two up top as well. Um, it seems like we just can't take control of it. What's your thoughts on that? Pace, isn't it? I think um, if, if we go, we'll go on to it in a second. We talk about predicted 11s, but I think if we're starting with Lindelof and Maguire again, we'll just be in a world of trouble the same way we were against Palace. So we saw on Tuesday, was it when we played against Lincoln, Luton, sorry, um, how much better we were and how much more comfortable Maguire looked when he had someone like Bay next to him with a bit of pace. So yeah, I think you're right. That Connolly, that Mope, whatever he's called, they um, they work hard, don't they? Constantly running, and most importantly, they're constantly trying to get in behind you. So it'll be an uncomfortable afternoon for those two if it's Lindelof and Maguire. Yeah, no, and I think I think with um, Graham Potter, the way that he actually has gotten playing, I, I think maybe myself and maybe other people included was pretty shocked when you know when they sat and they're all manager, you know, um, when they sat him because he was actually keeping them up into the Premier League. When he what, what was he called again? Pursuing, that's the one because everyone was quite shocked when they sat to him and thinking Graham Potter what what they're doing you know because he wasn't really somebody that was well known in the Premier League at all but he's come in and, and he's done really well you know with Brighton he's like I said he's got him playing from the back but yeah I think we're right I think you're right guys I think we just need to stick to our own game I think our actual form of defence is attack press high get at them and cause mistakes because at the end of the day it's Brighton um, there's mistakes in that team as well, but obviously, like we've seen, there's some of them, well, a lot of vulnerabilities in our team, you know, especially with pace. Obviously, we'll come up with the starting lineup soon, but I think you're right there, Janak. I think Matic is a very key, key, important role in our team, so definitely. But the only thing that I'm about um, Brighton is that they are actually missing one player in that Pisoma. Um, he, he got a red card against Newcastle, so that's a midfielder that they are missing as well, so could work in our favour. We don't know. He's the one who were. He's the, he's the one who kicked Jamal Lewis in the face. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's music. Yeah, it's switching music, mate. Better Shawn Michaels. Yeah, he loves it. Definitely got the ball, didn't he? Jeez, he loves it. But no, it's it's definitely something where um, I think we should be show, showing up to Brighton, and I think we should be dominating the ball, and I think we should, and they, or even if we don't dominate the ball, we like you said, um, John and Jan, I think we high press. We get at them and we make them make mistakes and we get our goals that way. I think the Bruno Fernandes goal got goal of the month. Um, was it last last year, wasn't it? You know, in the end of June game. The yeah. quick yeah, yeah. the quick one where was it Matic right over to Mason Greenwood. Mason Greenwood, lovely ball into Bruno and obviously good night for you know. So hopefully it was a bit more of that in it. 
that, that's the bit I was talking about, guys. You know, when I said I feel like we can get out and we'll pick them off and we'll do them on the counter. So I reckon we'll see a bit more of that, mate. But let's move on to predictive elevens anyway, because I'm keen to understand who Janet's gone for. <laughs> yeah, obviously we know about his um, his love for Henderson. But okay, so on that anyway, we'll go with Janak first. So he's your predicted eleven. I, I, I'll obviously start with Dino in there. It's got to be done, isn't it? Got to be done. <laughs> mate, the days, he's thrown enough balls into the net for me. I, I've had enough and I can't be bothered with it. Dino, he made a mint save against um, the other day against Luton. So, and it's he, not that he's he's com- he's comfortable when he's got the ball at his feet. He's comfortable. I feel like De Gea, like he's panicking on the ball. And I don't think he actually knows what he wants to do when he's got the ball. A bit like Kepper the other day and uh, Pickford the other day as well. Like Henderson, I know, I know, it, it's like he can kick it far, but it's a big thing. Like if he can just get it up the pitch, and I don't feel like De Gea's distribution is anywhere near. Not saying that he should be like Edison, but. You should be able to pick players out who are on the halfway line and stuff that are free and that. It's just silly. And he, he causes panic into other players like when he's passing it short to like Maguire and that. He's making him look bad because he's giving it in the ball when he shouldn't be giving it in the ball because he can't pick someone out you know, in, a, in, a, in a medium distance and that. But yeah, I, I'd play, he won't play Henderson, but I, I'd play Henderson. But yeah, that's my thought. Um, no, I don't think a lot of people would disagree with you. You know, I think I think it is good that you've come out and spoke like that instead of going, "Oh, just play Henderson." And you've got a reason behind it, and yeah. if that's your opinion. Stick to your opinion. You yeah, know, because people will people will agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, so the, the rest of the team, yeah. Yeah, go on. Um, so yeah, I I just play after, um, the main the main other ten after that. So it's Wambasaka. Well, apart from Lundahl, so Wambasaka, um, by. Maguire, Shaw, and then a, a midfield three. I'm not really sure how, whether it's one sitting, two sitting, or whatever. But Matic definitely, Pogba, Bruno, uh, Rashford, Greenwood, Martial. That's my team. Yeah, so obviously the st- standard uh, yeah, team the standard, there. Yeah, the, the main team. That's that's the best we've got at the minute. So yeah, keep going. Yeah, I think is uh is it the same for everyone, lads? Or go on, Tom, you do yours. Yeah, mine's similar. I'd go for De Gea in that because I don't think Dean Henderson's going to play. I agree with Janak. He's a good player in the Henderson, but I think at the minute, Ollie's backing De Gea. The problem you've got is if he makes one mistake, he's out. So I think he's on borrowed time, to be honest. But I think for the purpose of Brighton, De Gea will play. I think same back four as Janak. So Wambasaka, Bailly, Maguire, Shaw. I think he'll probably play Lindelof, though. I don't think he should do, but I think he will. Um, <laughs> Matic, Pogba, Bruno. Personally, I wouldn't play Pogba. I'd play either Van der Beek or Fred. Um, just because against Crystal Palace, Pogba looked absolutely short. And you've got to think that he's coming off the back of a short pre-season. He's played a lot of football. He's also had COVID-19, which would have absolutely floored him. I think for the purpose of, purposes of the game on um, on Saturday... We could start Pogba on the bench and bring him on if we need him. Um, I think he'd probably value and it'd do him some good to have the additional rest. And then if you need to get him game time and minutes in his legs, play him next week against Brighton again in the cup. So, but yeah, I, I think he'll probably end up playing Pogba. But I would rest him for someone like Donny or Fred. Um, and then up front, it's got to be on it. Rashford, Greenwood, Martial, just because we've got no other options. Yeah, no, yeah. You spot on. I think you spot on about the Pogba one there as well. I think you look at, I don't want to go too off topic, but if you look at City and you look at Pep Guardiola, um, Laporte had COVID, Mares had COVID, yeah. and also obviously Gundawan's had it, but you didn't see Laporte or Mares in that starting lineup against um, Wolves, did you? You know, you, you give them, you give them the rest that was needed. So I think, I think you're onto a winner there, Tom, with Pogba. The thing with COVID as well is that it's all about like it impacts your breathing and stuff as well. So like, he's probably not fully recovered after that. I think he, you can't remember when he got diagnosed. It was like yeah. maybe it would, it would have been international like, break, wasn't it? Yeah, international break. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. what are you talking a week before? Literally a week before um, a game. I think he come back to training on the Monday. So. No, you're right. You're right. Definitely right. Um, so, John, what's your starting eleven? Uh, De Gea in, in there. Obviously, we know we know Janet's thoughts on him. We know everybody else's thoughts on him. I think he. We, I think it won't be far before Henderson takes the Premier League number one. But at the moment, until he does make a mistake, 
De Gea will keep the Premier League number one. Uh, Wan-Bissaka, I think he will play Lindelof. Like Tom said, I don't think he should, but I think he will. I think as soon as you drop him now, that's just give him a lack of confidence, which is what he doesn't need. Uh, Maguire, sure. And then I know everybody's put Matic, Bruno and Pogba there, but no one mentioned Van der Beek. And we just signed him for 40 million euros. I don't understand why he wouldn't play. And he's got to have a goal in a manner of match in the two games he's played. But I wouldn't play Pogba. So I'd have Matic, Bruno and Van der Beek. And then I'd have Fumarkel, Rashford and Greenwood if we want to. Yeah. No. You know, what, you know what, as well? I think um, when we look at it like this, we when he played Pogba, there's a reason why we brought Van der Beek. We were saying for ages, wasn't we, like, oh, my God, what happens if we lose Pogba for a game or a few games? What happens if we lose Bruno for a few games? What happens if they need resting? What happens if that, blah, blah, blah? And then we go and sign Donny van der Beek, who's had a few games for Ajax under his belt, and then also, obviously, an international break. And then we just start Pogba, who's lacking minutes, lacking training time. And going against why we actually signed Donny van der Beek. So, yeah, I think I think in the long run, I think we should be playing Donny van der Beek on, on against Brighton. But will it happen is to be seen. I, 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 mean, I don't know what's going through all these heads. Yeah. I think the, the thing is with Pogba is obviously he's class, isn't he? So, I think when he's fit, you want to be playing Pogba. I think the, the beauty of the midfield is that... You, if Pogba or Bruno don't play, you don't mind bringing in one off uh, Van der Beek or Fred or something like that because they're good enough, aren't they? Yeah. Um, th- this is where I keep talking about the depth up front. If Rashford, Greenwood and Martial don't play, you won't want to bring in any of the others um, because it just suddenly like significantly impacts the quality within your team. Um, but that's that's where people are. And we mentioned City a second ago. That's where they've absolutely mastered it because... Sterling don't play. You bring in Bernardo Silva. If um, Mares don't play, you used to have Sane, didn't you? Like it's ridiculous. They've yeah, got like, Torres now, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? So they've got rid of one and brought in another. So they've quickly they've they've seen where they needed to identify and they've literally replaced Sane straight away. We don't know what this Torres is going to be like, and but yeah, they've they've obviously replaced him straight away. Where we seem to, well, I'll say straight away when you look at Palace. Who is it that we're playing left back at Palace? Obviously, I know you want Van Arnold, but Mitchell, he, looks at Dan, he looks at Dan James and he goes, "Yeah, all right, I can do you. You've got one move. You cut. You try. You try and go to the wing. You try and cross it in. Imagine if he starts with Greenwood. I don't know what you're going to do. You can go on your right. You can go on your left. Straight away, it causes uh, mistakes in the defence. Straight away, they don't know what they're doing. It's, there's no control in that defence. I think when you start with the likes of Greenwood." And then Martial and then Rashford as well. And I think you're right, Tom. If you try and bring somebody on and, uh, in that forward line, it's just it's, it brings confidence maybe in the, the opposing team. A bit more confidence where they can actually play a bit more football. Right. I think what what we're trying to say what we're trying to get to is if you so say we don't say the front three is as we expect it to be. And we are tuning up, but we are struggling. Obviously, they're getting back into the game. Everybody else is a bit tired, but you do bring a Dan James on. The pace yeah, he has yeah. got when you tune him up and they're attacking you, he's perfect for us. That's what he's there for. He shouldn't be there to start games. He should be there to be a counter-attacking threat when when our main front three are tired. Yeah, he's got yeah. to be. That's his role. You come on when their left back is has been run around the pitch all day by three yeah. players. He wouldn't. I don't understand why. Marshall and Rashford don't go out to the right. Let Greenwood go from the left. Just you can all interchange the positions. Just give it, give each other a break in certain positions. You know what I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Marshall, maybe Marshall is going on the on the right hand side, and he's got their left back on toast. You know what I mean? He maybe just having a good game against it. Why, why move him away from it? Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with what you're saying. I think the, the thing is with the Dan James bit, it's a good point. When you turn it up, you don't mind Dan James coming on, running on riot like a road run idea. No, but you don't. Like, got you, his... you, can't, you can't trust him to create chances. Exactly. And it's when you're 1-0 down. Yeah. That's, yeah. When it, that's when you need your problems. And that's when you want, you're 1-0 down. Your Martials, your Rashford, your Greenwood aren't doing it. You need something else. You go to your bench. All right, who do I bring on? Igalo. Well, you know my thoughts, Nigaro. 
Dan James is just going to run in a straight line like Dyson on pro clubs. <laughs> or, works out, works out on pro clubs, mate, yeah. FIFA. Andres Pereira's crap or Lingard, etc. That's where we need the quality and we've not got it. You're starting to get some of it because if you look to your bench and you've got someone like Donny van der Beek, you go, well, you know what? I could see van der Beek coming on and he could create space. He'd be all over the place, etc. You'd get in the box and you know what? He's a goal threat. You don't mind that. It's the other options. You've got one option off the bench. Yeah. Can um, Alex tell us by left wing? (laughs) Well, well, I I wouldn't be surprised. I've got um, got a few stats on Alex Tellers, to be fair. He's, I think, played 31 games last year, scored 11 goals and got eight assists. So he got 19 goals and assist contributions in 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 the league form. So... Could he play left wing? I think he. I think he could off, off them numbers. Well, I've said that. It's what I've said in the previous podcast. It's another threat on the pitch. If you've got that many threats going forward, some of them are going to be left. Oh no, some are going to be left on marks at some point. And if he's running up the pitch and Marshall's got their left back going that way, he beats his marker and he just crosses one in and Green was there heading it in. It's, it's easy. It's quite. It's quite simple to do. That's why Get I think it doesn't work. Yeah, because Wambasaka's not as much. He has been doing it more, but he doesn't do it as much as really other fullbacks do. Yeah, but you shouldn't. But what, I'm, what, what I mean is, see, if he's got Sancho, if Sancho's got all Greenwood, all he needs to do is run, take a marker away. Yeah. Take someone away. Gary doesn't have to touch yeah. the ball. Yeah. Doesn't have to actually touch the ball, but he's an, it'd be better if he could cross the ball because he'd be another threat. If you. If you see him getting the ball, I think we well, can cross it good enough to make get a good decent cross into someone to edit in the net. He just opens someone else up a little bit more. It gives someone else another chat, a little bit of space to open up. Yep. That's all we need. We just need to have more threat from the pitch. So like Tom yeah. said, when you want when you one nil down and you're looking at your and none of your crazy players are doing anything and you look at your bench and you've got one threat on the bench. It must be demoralising for him because that's that's what Tom said before. No wonder he's making his subs late. Yeah, he's probably hoping the players that are on there that are knackered who pull, pull some out of the bag. Well, that's it. It's like where, where do you stack your chips? Do you fancy Greenwood to create something, or Rashford to do a bit of magic, etc. Or do you want to bring on Lingard? Like, do you know what I mean? It's a bloody no-brainer, isn't it? It's like on Football Manager. If you're playing Football Manager and your bench options are, are Matt Greenwood and sorry Matt Lingard and Dan James and. You, you're chasing a goal. You don't bring them on, do you? Just leave them. <laughs> exactly. Right, so I'll um, quickly just say my 11. It's no really difference to any of you guys, I think. Apart from Janak, I'll go with David De Gea in that. I think you're right, Janak. I think people have the same opinion as you. I think um, we'll have a bill. I think soon we'll be having another debate about David De Gea. Um, I think Aaron Bazaka will definitely play right back. I think you got to go with Bayer and Maguire, I'm sure. I, th- I think you you have to do that. I think there's no mistake. You can't do mistakes in this Manchester United team. You can't be shown to make a mistake and stay in the team. Obviously, I know De Gea has, but I mean, it, especially as many times as Lindelof has, I think he needs to be dropped and shown that you're not number one um, centre half if you're going to make a mistake like that. Especially if you, especially when it was a fifty-fifty ball and you're coming out last against Saha. Um, you got Matic I'm going to go with Matic Pogba and Bruno even though I think it should be Van der Beek I think he will go with Pogba um, and then obviously your front three of Greenwood Marshall and Rashford so I think it's pretty much the same as you guys as well there I think Matic is the key person in that in that role I think um, he, he sweeps everything up and he, I reckon he can get things started for Bruno where we, oh. where we liked that last week also tweet us your starting 11s let us know what you think the team should be for Saturday yeah, well, we'll put obviously we'll put a post out there and just obviously see, let us let us know what you, you guys are thinking. Obviously, we'll wrap it up. Um, but obviously, first of all, we'll just um, try and guess the scoreline. Obviously, last week we were so far off it, it was unbelievable. Um, so I think we might start thinking with a bit more of our heads now um, instead of our heart. Obviously, last week we were thinking we was going to absolutely batter Crystal Palace. So, um, Tom, what are you thinking this week? Six nil. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, probably I'm going to go for 3-1 United I'm not convinced that that shitty bat line's keeping a clean sheet Fair enough you get any goal scorer you're going to go for? Oh Jesus I didn't think this bit through um, Greenwood looked good didn't he? Greenwood's getting a couple and um, I reckon Rashford will get one as well 
Rashford, no worries. And Jan, what are you going for? Um, I'll go 2 1 United. Um, well, if De Gea plays, it's 2 1. If, if he doesn't play, it's 2 0. Well, it seems like yeah. everyone else is getting penalties, so we're due one. So we've not had one in like what, one game, so we're due one. <laughs> Bruno, Bruno, Bruno will score that, no doubt. And I think. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going for a surprise. I'll go for a Maguire goal. I'll go for a surprise. Nice. Very Not nice. Fine. I think we'd all enjoy a Maguire goal. Um, John, are you going, what score are you going for? 4-1. Uh, 4-1. Well, optimistic. 4-1. Marshall, 2. Uh, uh, Van der Beek and Rashford. Rashford. Um, and I think... It'll be comfortable. I think it'll be, I think it will be comfortable. If it if it we play properly, it'll be comfortable. All right. Well, we'll get our league campaign started. Well well hopefully fingers crossed. There's only well, there's only one way we should really go in, in after that crystal class result and that's up. If we do stay if we do start going even further down then well, I don't even want to think what's going to happen. Um I'm gonna go for a prediction of three two Manchester United. I do think we're vulnerable at the back and I think they are gonna Expose that with um, if, especially if we do play Lindelof. But I am going to go three two. I'm going to go with Martial. I think Martial. I think he's formed for France. He was he was absolutely awesome. So I think he needs to. I think he will pick it up for United. And I think Greenwood as well. I think Martial and Greenwood. I think they're going to get the three goals. Don't know which. I don't know which one's going to get two. But I'm going to go for Martial and Greenwood. <laughs> Can, can, right. can I just say I hope Lewis Dunk score because he's in my fantasy team so he can get the goal from mine Lewis Dunk yeah <laughs> I think that's the <laughs> thing in it as well I think we when we got beat um, against Palace I think a lot of us had Fernandes in the team I had I know I definitely did I had Martial <laughs> and I think we looked at him and thought oh my god what's going on here straight away we've been absolutely battered off here I think when um, when it got to Monday did any of you have any City players in? No nope. No, well, nah, I, did... I never well, have City players with me. <laughs> well, obviously, I wanted City to lose, obviously, but when you know they're going to win, so when they're already like two one up or whatever it is, I think when you do get a De Bruyne score and a goal and it helps your fantasy, I think it's it's bittersweet, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I ended up with fucking egg on my face, didn't I, this weekend? So I started off the weekend. I think it was on the Saturday, thinking I'm Sir Alex Ferguson of fantasy football. I brought in James Rodriguez. He's had a blinder. What I didn't realise was the player I subbed out for Ames was Son, wasn't it? He scored four goals the day after. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was honestly, that was genius. Absolute genius. <laughs> right, boys, um, I think we'll wrap it up there anyway. But before I go, I just want to say thank you for the listeners um, that have actually listened this last week and all the followers that we've been getting on Twitter. I think we've had a really good first week and the support that we've been getting is quite great and quite awesome. So um, I think you'll, I think we'd all agree on that, won't we, boys? Indeed, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, good luck. Good luck to Manchester United on this week and um, this weekend. And I'll, we'll be doing a podcast again on Saturday. But I'm pretty sure that will be maybe released on Saturday night or Sunday. But yeah, no worries, boys. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. See you later. Have a good one. No worries. Have Take good care. Have a good one. Right, right, right. You might hear a boiler, and the reason why is because I'm sat under the stairs. <laughs>